Oh yes, good evening, good evening. How are you all doing out there in All Flavours Land? You're listening to allflavoursradio.com. I am Wimbo77. And I'm Naturally Lily. And how are you doing on this cold winter's June? Uh, June. Listen to me, <laughs> I'm thinking it's June because Roy Ayers was just playing, right? Yeah. Well, it is, and everybody loves the sunshine, and how we're missing the sunshine, right, Lily? And the sunshine and the heat. Yes, <laughs> 15th of December, 2020, and can you believe how quick this year has gone? Yeah. It has gone like, whoop! In a blink. March, In a... March came and went, and then everything just is a blur. The world stood still, but yet the world kept on spinning and turning, and hence we're here today. And I don't know how I'm feeling today. How are you feeling today, Lily? Um, fulfilled, actually. Good. Yeah, it's good to be fulfilled. It's been a, it's been a good day. Uh-huh. You know, it's been a um, productive day. Always good to be productive, isn't it? Yeah. Lessons learned. and mm. Yeah, there likewise. I mean, I've just, not pottering, but doing um, things today. We have a special guest coming on tonight, Eddie Saunders. Mm. And J.B. Rose from, Eddie Saunders is from the New Jersey Connection. And J.B. Rose is J.B. Rose. And we're going to have like a kind of 80s, because it was that whole era, mm. the 80, 80s, that um, New Jersey Connection were kind of established, I guess, mm -hmm. that we're going to have a feel of that kind of music tonight. Nice. So we do hope you like the selection. And of, of course, as well as Eddie and J.B. coming on. So, Lily, I mean, we've got a fact here for today, haven't we? We thought we'd start with a fact. Mm -hmm. And it's for Mr. Dr. John Morton Finney. And he was a lawyer, right? Yeah, I think um, this is a gentleman that I saw earlier in the week. And he's the, I think he's the longest practicing lawyer. Mm. He continued to be an attorney up until the age of 106. I mean, that's amazing, 106. Really, really amazing. Practicing law. Yeah, he was actively practicing law at the age of 106. Um, and I think I remember reading something about um, that obviously he lived for an age that was very challenging. Did they just come out of slavery at that time or it was in the 1800s? Yeah, so Isn't he it? was born in... Was he born in the 1800s? Yeah, yeah 18, he was 18, born 18, in the 1800s. Mm. Lived through two world wars. Um, he earned 11 academic degrees. Five of those were in law. His first degree was in 1935. And when you think of 1935, it would have been quite a controversial age for a young black man mm. to be able to achieve um, a degree. Uh, he was the last... He was the... Sorry, the last degree was from Butler University in 1965. Mm. He was also fluent in seven languages. Very, very accomplished man. Mm. And it's quite amazing coming out of that era of post-slavery, mm -hmm. doing something so amazing yeah. as, as he did. Yeah. And again, I know we have had Black History Month and we covered a lot of people during Black History Month, didn't we? Mm. But it's still good to keep on remembering past and present um, figures that have made an impact on our society. Yeah. And quite obviously, I mean, practising law to 107, I think yeah. that's, that's he, really quite amazing. He retired in 1996 when he was 107. And they said um, he's believed to have been the oldest practising attorney in the US. 
and he was he's your twin he's born june on june 25th. 25th oh there you go <laughs> great people are born on june right oh gosh and he passed away in january <laughs> oh dear we won't go into that won't go into that <laughs> but he was 108 so he lived a very 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 long and fulfilling life mm, just imagine that mm. 108 living to I mean, he must have seen a lot. That's like, like over a century. Yeah, he's over a century old. Yeah. He would have been a centenarian, I think that's how you say centenarian. it. Centenarian, yeah. wow, how amazing. Because he lived through turn of a century. Mm. Then he lived through two odd wars. Well, three wars, because then they've got the... Um, they would have had the Vietnam War as mm. well in America. Um, he served as well, didn't he? Did he serve in the army? I can't remember. No, um, I think he did. I think he did serve in the First World War. Yeah. And then he would have obviously seen so many different changes in the ages over time. So he's been through like the, you know, revolutionary age mm. and then civil. Civil war? The civil Was the civil war the, then? It was in the 1800s, I think, the civil war. Not the civil war, the civil rights movement. Yeah. And then he would have kind of merged into the age of technology. That oh. is a lot. I wonder if he helped um, the brothers. Like back in the day when it came to things like civil rights and that. I think maybe we'll look a bit, a bit deeper. more research into that. But we just thought that it was something really nice to share. Someone that had lived a, a very long and fulfilled life. Mm. And someone that had made such an impact on society. So check him out. Check him out. His name is John Morton Finney. John Morton Finney. So we have lots to be getting on with today, right, Lily? Yeah, we do. We do, we do. And the time just goes so quickly. It's just like you can't, you can't keep up with mm. how quick the days are going, going by. They seem to merge into one at some point mm. with me. Yeah. I see Monday and part of Tuesday and then I just blink and it's Sunday again. I know, I know. Yeah. It's quite scary really, isn't it? Yeah. But then it's what you pack within that week. Yeah, I guess it means that you're busy. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I actually got a chance to go out last night. Mm. We went down to this place in Dorston, mm -hmm. uh, Dorston Social, I think it was called. Nice little uh, black-owned bar, mm -hmm. um, social bar, I guess. And yeah, there was it was karaoke, so yeah, any I chance have. to get to sing. <laughs> so Lovely. we were able to get down there, and initially it was like a ghost town. I sent you a picture, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, it was said, really, really quiet. She said, I had a mad day, and I said, well, just imagine being here. <laughs> But it got nicer, relatively busy nice. a bit later. We left um, because obviously it's a long day, mm. early start in the morning mm. and that. So first on the agenda tonight. Divorce challenge by dad blamed for not taking holiday. Mm. Very interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so he was divorced. There was a man... He's an IT consultant and he's saying that his human rights have been infringed really mm -hmm. because he's been married to this lady for 33 years okay. and um, obviously working hard as you do mm -hmm. and his uh, wife divorcing him under on the grounds of him working too hard and not taking a holiday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, working too hard and not taking a holiday. I mean, that's a bit absurd, right? Yeah, he said in his claims, it says um, the Matrimonial the matrimonial Causes Act 1973 breaks Human Rights Act because of its lack of legal definition, mm. whatever that means. 
but I don't understand how you can divorce someone because you, they don't take holidays with you. Or they're working sense. too hard. Like, surely he's working to, to support, the family. support the family, to build the family up. And yet, he can... And the divorce, I think, it went through. So I think they're contesting it, actually, oh, tomorrow. Okay. Like he's contesting it tomorrow because not only, that, not only does... She, is she being granted with a divorce but then he she says the wife claims that she he needs to look after her for the rest of her life as well which is what he's been doing for the last 30 exactly. years exactly <gasps> oh no yeah marrying her name she, she divorced him in 2018 but he's obviously taken it further to court so she obviously wants so she wants him to pay her yeah for the foreseeable future yes yeah so they were struggling to pay the rent so obviously if you're struggling to pay the mortgage sorry mm. you're going to work harder in order to meet you know the challenges of paying the rent or paying the bills right yeah, sometimes that means sacrifice and it didn't say that she missed out on holidays it right. said that he wasn't present so she still got to go and spend yeah. his money yeah i'm being yeah. i'm being um making assumptions here i'm assuming it's his money she was spending mm well, if she's if she needs him to, um, what does she do for work? It didn't say that she done anything for work. She's a housewife, looking after their two daughters. I think they have two daughters. Goodness me! And he's had to have a crowdfunder, yeah, to be able to pay his fees. It's sad. I think it's really, really sad that you know for someone to be treated like that. Mm. Charles A M A R Kumi is sixty four years as well, old as well, so mm. thirty three. That means that they've been married 33 years, 31 years. Wow. He was 31 when he met her. And it's sad I mean, because it, I know that, you know, every relationship gets to that point where you maybe get to that block. Mm. And obviously theirs has led to them having a, getting into a divorce. Um, and he's obviously agreed to the divorce because he signed papers. But... To be so angry at someone else that you're making their life that much more challenging. Mm. I don't know. After 33 years. So did it mean anything? That's the question you got to ask. After mm. 33 years of being married, I mean, was it just toleration? Was you it can't love? tolerate someone for 33 years. I guess you can. No. <laughs> have the patience of a saint. <laughs> yeah, yes. you really have to have the patience of a saint. Mm. Tolerate no you could tolerate someone maybe for five to ten years right but past that yeah when you get to the 10 year point you think yeah i can do this yeah right but overall i'm not too sure not for 33 years no oh my your thoughts out there i mean this man has been married for 33 years and she's well within her rights to um divorce him but does should she get uh, maintenance because she's applying for maintenance until she dies. Mm. And if she outlives him, she gets his estate. Is that right? No, the estate should go to the children. Yeah, always, always. Just that That is, you've chosen to divorce me. It no longer belongs to you. It belongs to my children. Yeah. both, And I think that in both, on both sides, man, woman, if a divorce is involved, that I think anything should just go to the children. Yeah, yeah. And he said, had he been abusing her... Mm. Had he have committed adultery, mm. then fair enough, mm. right? Then that is a, a good grounds for mm. divorce. But is not going on holiday because you're trying to pay the mortgage mm. a good grounds for divorce? And it's not supported in the, was it the court? 
Yeah, the courts. Yeah. The courts said, well, yeah, that's a good grounds for divorce. But I don't. Working I don't think hard it is. is good grounds for divorce. Can you imagine that, guys? You're out there working really hard, and because you're working hard to try and keep a roof over your partner's head, they're turning around and saying they want to divorce you. Okay, but mm. in his, in her defense, <laughs> I can't really what I'm saying this, but in her defense, yeah, everyone is entitled to a break. Why could he not sacrifice, you know, five days a year mm. to go on holiday with the family? I know it said that he was making himself always available to his clients, but we do live it. I don't know what he did for work. IT consultant. Is an IT consultant. Couldn't he have done that from a distance? <laughs> Possibly not 33 years ago, no. Yeah, but he's, no, he's been married for 33 years. Yeah. It doesn't say that. This might have been something that started happening in the last 10 or so years that he's made himself unavailable. Everyone's entitled to a holiday. He couldn't sacrifice five days out of the 365 day year that we've got. But it was only two holidays she's claiming for that he weren't able to go on like two holidays with them. Yeah, and that, that was over 20 years ago, from what I can recall. What? Yeah. He already says, I'm, I admit that I missed a few family holidays and that I made myself available to clients 24-7 over weekends and late nights. So I guess she spent a lot of time on her own. I mean, that, to me, it does seem like you can't... There does come a point where you have to kind of be a bit more disciplined. And I do understand it's important to work very hard. Mm. But when where do you draw the line when it says, I'm taking care of my family and I'm taking care of my family? Do you know what I mean? You can mm. take care of your family financially, but there is a lot more that goes into taking care of a family. Yeah. So I understand in that sense why there may be some frustration on her part. Um, the fact that he's not, you know, you, it's just me alone looking after our two daughters. That's a bit unfair yes he's going out and earning the money but i feel like sometimes men are under the misconception that it's just the money it's just the money that we need yeah and not the time yeah but like i mean claiming for divorce for that maybe she just had enough who knows yeah well she doesn't see him anyway so yeah you know yeah but 33 years later lily yeah she's put up with it for 33 years wow 33 years of coming home and having to cook and leave a meal on the side for him. 33 mm. years of, oh, we've booked a lovely holiday for us and no, oh, no, I can't go on holiday because client X is more important. 33 years of um, our daughter's not well, staying up for 24 hours to look after the child and he's going and sorting someone else out. Mm. That I can understand where the frustration is. You have not been there. Yes, financially we live in a nice house and we have the funds to go on holiday Mm. but you're not here anyway so it doesn't make a difference if I divorce you having then saying no you've got to take care of me for the rest of my life that's a bit of a liberty Mm. but I understand why she would not want to live in that situation for any longer well there you go so what are your thoughts out there beautiful people what do you say um is that good grounds for divorce uh her because the lack of him being around as he said he works 24 7 with his clients and he made himself available for his clients but not for his missus or is it really not grounds because he's working hard and couldn't go on a few holidays with the family let us know what you think out there 
and just shouting out um, the DJs over the start hand done an amazing job uh, George Flavors and crew over the start end I'll give you a shout out later also uh, Mr Fixit DJ Slim and Mark Philogene great job last night and um, yeah so let us know what your thoughts are do you think it was right is right for her to um, divorce him for working so hard or was his absence uh, a good re a good reason for divorce hi everyone this is Shayla Prosper I have a new album out under my skin filled with high energy jams like this with DJ Nigy on the shortiest show, one of Eve's Lewis' favorite hangouts. All Flavors Radio is now looking for radio presenters. Email us at info at allflavorsradio.com. Catch DJ Laro on Sundays with the Caribbean Party, 12 to 2, and the Vibe Show, Tuesdays, 8 till 10, on All Flavors Radio. 24-7, playing your favorite artists. Hi, this is Everton Blender, and it's all about the old flavors radio. Six and I am on Bushman, and guess what? You got it locked to our flavors. I say come take a little winding up. Ayo, it's a girl calling XP, the Booyah Queen, straight out of Dominica. Bigging up all flavors radio. Keep it locked. All flavors radio. Oh. 
Shout out George Flavors in the chat room. Also shouting out Kenny, Joy McKay, Mark for the Jean. How y'all doing? Shouting out guest 319. Guest 5110. 510. Shout out the guest from Berlin.
Okay, that was the sounds of Ashford Simpson there, Street Corner, and also a Matthew Winchester on that first track. So, Lily, we were highlighting the man that whose wife has taken him, divorced him mm-hmm. after 33 years for working too hard, mm-hmm. and also his wife um, wanting alimony until till he dies, or you know, and yeah. get his estate if he does. He highlighted a point in that that the reason why. If it had been grounds for abuse mm-hmm. or adultery, that that those grounds would have been okay. Mm-hmm. So moving into that, we're going to start have a discussion here, which is going to last over a couple of weeks, isn't it? And that's in pertaining to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. We'll um, refer to it as DV as we're going through this conversation, because it, I was astounded at one of the statistics when doing this research that three women. Mm-hmm. every week are murdered um, when it comes to domestic abuse mm-hmm. and 70, 76% of domestic um, violence murders take place after the relationship has ended yeah. but it's being in that actual situation and it's funny because I was discussing it with um, Kenny and he said but you know why don't women just walk away and we'd think that wouldn't we being in a a violent kind of situation mm. but in some of these instances some women don't even realize or recognize that they're actually in an abusive situation and they're also at more risk the the risk is increased mm. when they actually do leave that's why yeah. of those three women um that are murdered every week quite a few of them are the ones that have left mm. And it, it takes seven to eight attempts to actually leave before they can actually leave. It's quite scary because um, there was a, it was a example of a woman that mm-hmm. was stuck in domestic violence situation. Mm-hmm. And she said that she, she just had a baby and her partner was very, very abusive. And she just had the baby and said that she was going to get milk. And in order not to disturb him... She went out in just her night clothes, mm. night dress, no shoes on. But then that was her chance to kind of escape yeah. out of that situation. I mean, that is maybe, I don't even know if that's an extreme case because we are going to look and see it like 
the different forms of um, DV. But also next week, I think we're going to be looking at resources and where people can go if they are in that situation. Mm. Purely because it's this time of year. Now, again, people are, we're in lockdown. Yes, yes again. And also it's that Christmas time where the, the violence can be elevated. We hear a lot around Christmas of these things happening, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so... That's surprising, because you would think this time of year, people are supposed to be more merry, cheerful, happy, family-oriented. You, It just... It never makes sense. I know this situation doesn't make sense, just full stop, mm. but it never makes sense why the abuse and, and violence increases at this time of the year? Well, maybe it could be the instance that they don't have enough money. Mm. Maybe the husband's a drinker. And the, the reason why we're, we are speaking more on women, because there are males that are in abusive situations, but men tend not to talk about it as much as the women do. So it's more than likely that the refuges and the abuse is more spoken about um, amongst women mm-hmm. as opposed to men. Mm-hmm. So that's why we will refer more to women, but it's not a situation where it doesn't happen to men. Mm. But going on what you just said, um, the reason possibly why it does elevate at this time mm. is because maybe people don't have money, people are stressed out. It is meant to be a happy time, mm. but it's not ha- a happy time for people that don't have anything. Mm. Um, it could just there's many reasons as to why there is abuse within a, a relationship mm. um, but that could be just one point that they just don't have the money maybe they them growing up themselves they found themselves in certain situations and they carry you know this time of the year might not be a good time might be a reminder of childhood mm. and that's another reason why people will go on to abuse mm. in that sense you know so it says 75 to 90% of victims don't even report in incidents to the police. That's quite a high statistic there, isn't it? Not really. I mean, if you think the first time he hits the per- he, he hits her, mm. oh, he's that's the first time he's ever done it. That's definitely not going to get reported. And then the next time he does it, oh, no, it was an accident. Mm. And then the next time, it's how many times... The 90% to me is most probably the occurrences, how many times has that abuse happened mm. before the person actually reports it. Okay. Um, as opposed to the number of people. Yeah, because it says that in the UK, 2 million women and girls experience, experience domestic violence every year. But then when, when we're thinking, if that's the, the amount that experience domestic violence and 75 to 90%, you're right, it, they might fob it off a few times, but how many times is too many times? Mm. I think if a man slaps you, that's one time too many. Mm. Yeah? And regardless of whether they're sorry or not, like, what gives them the right to even raise their hand to a woman? Mm. you know and vice versa it's no one's right to raise their hand to anybody but I feel like when we talk about um, domestic violence it's not just about the physical because mm. we have to understand that it's not a just it's not just someone beating on someone else mm. physically it is also the abuse that comes along with it the emotional side that most people don't actually like you said before they don't actually 
acknowledge that as abuse. So simple things like um, putting that person down or um, you've seen instances of, you know, he's not happy with the food and pouring over the person's head mm. and stuff like that. That are Those are all um, signs that the person is being abused. But if, yeah. they, if they feel like, oh, no, that's just his character then what's the point in reporting that? Oh, it's just, he's, that's just what he's like. He's always been like that. Wow. When he gets angry, yeah, he gets a bit, when he's dra- when he's had a bit to drink, mm. he gets a bit mouthy. Well, actually, no, it's not acceptable, but that's not what they relate to it being abuse. Yeah, and that's really um, true what you said there, because um, when we speak about DV, these things can include sexual violence, mm. which some people don't even take into consideration and that's from a partner rape mm. from a partner um uh, fgm female genital mut- mutilation mm. um forced marriage also honor killings honor crimes mm. trafficking commercial and sexual exploitation mm. and even acid violence yeah. that was quite interesting that one even acid violence and i know that i went to this place a long time ago and the husband had poured hot oil in her face, um, the woman's face, because she had said she's going to leave. Mm. So it gets to that point yeah. that they disfigure. You know, if I can't have you, no one else will kind mm. of thing. You know, so it's actually a very deep issue. Yes, Lily. Going back to what you said about we're going to more say her over him. Mm. I actually, just as you said about the pouring the oil over the person's face, I actually feel very strongly about the silence of male victims Mm. um and i saw something online this was a little while ago actually and it was of an angry female her partner had done something to her i can't remember what he had done and she cut off his locks right in my opinion that is abusive of course it is because it but someone else will look at it and be like oh but he deserved it but if he did that to her yeah, that would be classed as physical. That would that would come under physical abuse almost. So why is it that when she does it to him, mm. it's not classed as as abuse? It's true, and that's and that's there are so many instances where the woman could be mouthy. Oh, that's just what she's like. But the things that are coming out of her mouth mm. are abusive. Oh, you don't do this. You're no good. You don't do, do, do. like all the women that have children that they are using as weapons against men, mm. against the fathers. That is in maybe not in the you know the the cohabitation sense of domestic violence, but that's a domestic situation where the female is abusing the man. But this, that's withholding something from them. So. I don't know if withholding... And that's their child. I think no, it's child I mean, abuse I as mean well. I mean, in the sense that even withholding the child, yes, but even in the sense of how they speak to the man, how they... Um, defamation... You know, defamation of character, all those things contribute. Because inevitably, when you look at things like domestic violence, domestic abuse, the end result, yeah. like we've seen most of the time, is someone loses their life. Yeah. Whether, it, whether it's at the hand of that person or their own hand, someone loses their life. A large portion of men that take their own lives, and that suicide makes up of, I think it was 44%, we had this before, um, a large portion of those men that have taken their lives 
are fathers who have been isolated isn't it, from their their children. Yeah, that 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 relationship with their child has been prevented by the mm. mother, as well as the mother saying things about the dad that are completely inaccurate. There are so many cases, we're speaking about the man that's getting divorced, mm. so many divorce cases where the mum said, oh, he's touched the child. Yeah, yeah. That's defamation of character, that's slander. In my opinion, that's abuse, because now that situation, you've created an environment that is so unbearable for that man yeah. that he's now chosen to go and do the worst to himself, or he's been put in a position where he has no control. Maybe people see that as something different, though. But um, it's not. It's the same. Because yeah. if it was him doing it to the woman, yeah, him saying to her, no, I'm keeping your, the children upstairs until you finish the washing up. I'm keeping the children. I'm taking them over to wherever until you do this. Mm, mm. It's the same concept. But when a man does it to... Neither of them are right. I'm not justifying any, either of them. But when a man does it to a woman, it's almost seen as you can automatically identify that problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I... Yes, it is a big problem with men as well. Mm. well not a big problem. They just don't say or come out and say, oh, my wife's abusing me or my girlfriend's abusing me because maybe, you know, they'll be looked down upon. Mm. In but that I feel sense. like women don't say that either. I feel like it just gets picked up by someone else. So, I think a lot of women do speak more more on it. Like I remember being out one night and this woman, um, we was in the ladies and she goes, oh, he follows me everywhere. I can't do anything. I can't wear my own clothes. It's just like he's, he's my shadow. Mm. You know, and we said, well, it is a form of abuse because that is a f- control. But is it though? Yeah, it was control. But women do the same thing to their men. It's true. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Why Why is it when a man does it? When a man says, oh, I bought you this, you're wearing this. Mm. I'm going to drop you here. I'm going to pick you up. Mm. That's controlling. But when a woman does it, let me check your phone. Who's that you're talking to? Mm. Oh, no, you've got to come and pick me up from here so I know where you are. Why is it when the tables are turned, it's, oh, she's just a woman, that's what women are like? But I think we're speaking of it from a different angle here, Lily. No. Like, yeah, because it's, we're, we're, we're talking in the sense of a woman mm. that... that has had you know been sexually violated yeah. or has been forced into marriage that's something totally different to a man maybe you know a woman saying oh let me check your phone or you know but i think that's the extreme we're looking at extreme this happens case. this happens on a daily we've just looked at the, the there's three women a week that it does, that are killed. Yeah. What I'm saying is we're looking at it when it gets to the extreme. We're not looking at how it... We're seeing them at the worst. All these all these cases that we see that come up in the media, for example, mm. we're seeing them when it's got to a point where now we know what's happening. Right. But like we said, there's 90% of women that don't say anything. Mm. And what is the percentage of those women that have been in these relationships for the last 10 years and think that it's just the person's personality Mm. and then they've said something or someone said to them, you need to talk to someone. But it's like 2 million. It said 2 million women and girls. Mm. That's a high number 
of women and women that have to run and seek refuge mm. from someone that's possibly beating up on them. Mm. You know, in whatever way we've looked at just there, it's it's more than just, yes, to a degree, a woman can control a man, a man can control a woman. Mm. Yeah, by saying, oh, I want to see what you're, you're watching or whatever, you know, what you just said there. But it's when it comes to that physical and con- extra control, mm where a, a woman can't turn to the left or the right mm. and is in fear of her life. Mm. No, you're, not, you're, you're disagreeing with me. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just feel like in our society, we mm. are so... Favor- we, we're very favourable to females. I hear you. I totally and understand what you're saying. I understand what when Daddy was saying. You know, why doesn't she just leave? Because it is, it is that relationship where you are trapped. You you want to leave, mm. but there are things that are trapping you in that relationship. Why you can't get out straight away? You can't just get up and walk away. But is it that simple? Yeah, is it that simple? You can't. No, it's not that simple. You mm. can't just get up and walk away. But if they chose to do that. There are many, there are a lot of support systems in place for women that they can, you know, my husband beats me. Okay, we can go and find some, a shelter for you or we can, you know, support you on your journey to recovery. Mm. Um, And I know I'm saying we, we see the extremes. We do see the extremes. We see... There was that film a couple of years ago of the girl who left her boyfriend mm. and he wore her down to the point where she ended up going back to him and the same day she went back to him, he killed with an ironing board. Yeah. yeah. But we see that all the time because we're always shown the female domestic violence cases, the domestic abuse cases. Mm. But what I'm saying is, on the flip side, who does a man go to if he leaves a physically abusive... Because men get beaten on by women as well. Men get raped by their wives. Right. We, I know we don't think, you know... Many people don't think that it's a possibility. Oh, how can a, how can a man get raped? But it happens. Yeah. And then when it does happen, where do they go? And that's the point I'm trying to make. Is I know you can look online and see loads of statistics about females because mm. the majority of the research and studies are done on females because they eventually do talk about it. Um, I think you just hit the nail on the head, eventually talking about it. Maybe the men just don't talk about it. Yeah, because who are they going to talk about it to? Where do they go? It's not the fact... I don't think it's the fact of who do they talk to about it, but it's just how they will be perceived when they do talk about it. Like, But I think... Don't you feel like sometimes women get perceived in the same way? How have you allowed it to get this far? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So women have the same perceptions, but it's di- it's different. Like for us as a females, you know, you've got a, a a network of of women that will, if something's up with you, mm. they'll pick up on it. Whereas yeah. I don't feel like men have that same support network. They've got their boys that they'll go and talk to about stuff, but how many of their boys are going to be able to pick up if their one their woman's? Yeah, but then their boys will just like they laugh at him. That's terrible. But that that is the real reality of it. That the the their the boys might just laugh at it. Can you tell us out there, beautiful people, what do you think as regards to a male domestic violence? 
Yeah, do men speak about this more than their female counterparts? Or do they remain, or are they more than likely to remain silent as regards to it? Yes, Lily? Because that, sorry, I'm going back to that statistic there of mm. three women every week are murdered. Yeah. And I think, I'm, I, I'm going to assume that the male number of, of victims is not going to be that high. Mm. Or is it, I watch the crime channel. Yeah. And I've seen many husbands and boyfriends who have been murdered by their wives. Right. But in very subtle Slow a woman ways. would more poison her a guy, wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She'd more take so her time. Is that does that not get classed as domestic violence? I think it's looking at the re- a lot of the reasons as to why the woman did it. But I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand why you're saying that because I know a lot of the women that did poison their husbands, they were being abused by their husbands. Or some of them done it for the the life insurance. Yes. Yeah. But in some of the cases, the women were being abused by the husband. But that doesn't justify her slowly killing him No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And how many women around the world put a little... Oh, he he, he ticked me off today and Mm. put something in his food that makes him feel unwell. Mm-hmm. I guess anything can work both ways, Lily. Anything can work both ways. But when we've... It, I mean, this is a quite a, a serious topic when it comes to domestic violence mm. or domestic abuse, whatever way you want to look at it, mm. that it is actually a problem. Yeah. And it is a problem that is apparent more so at this time of the year than it is any other time of the year as well, right? Mm. So it's just a matter of looking at it and seeing how best, or, or, or discussing it, and seeing what kind of constitutes going into someone being uh, abused mm-hmm. in a domestic way in the household that they're meant to be safe in. Mm. I thought this point was interesting about... Mm. Um, the way media portrays black men and boys, how they see themselves and that possibly being a contributing factor to um, the abuse within a household. What, amongst uh, parents? Like the male dominating the woman or the woman dominating the male? The male dominating the woman. Yeah, the the male dominating the woman. Yeah. Because then if they've been brought up in that kind of household mm. and then that's what they're seeing themselves being portrayed as angry men on TV then that's what they're going to bring into a relationship isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but it's also the, uh, the mis- misogynistic isn't it the mis- mis- misogyny mm-hmm. of the woman, the hatred and the contempt and the prejudice for women because some men actually hate women mm. and that's why they treat them in a certain way, like you said there the young men they're seeing all these half clad females on rap videos they're seeing these half clad women in adverts so woman is an object in some instances to a a male Mm. and that's why she will be treated you know yeah Mm. and it says a woman is 12 times more than likely to go into 
to prostitution. Mm. A man's not, is he 12 times more likely to go into prostitution or be used like that Mm. by a pimp, you know? But do we contribute? So I'm thinking of it more like when I scroll through my social media, for example, Mm. and the amount of half-naked females I see online. Yeah. For one, it's very infuriating, but do we then contribute to the disrespect that men show show us? What by us? Well, not us. Not but us, just, but just generally by females putting themselves out there as sexual objects mm. and then being shocked when men view us as sexual objects. It's when they take it that step further, though, isn't it? Mm. And use that controlling, coercive behaviour to control a woman and make her his his thing, as it were, you know. And even like you mentioned with children, mm. how the effect that it has on them, mm. because she's got to protect those little ones to, uh, away from seeing what the father may be doing to her. But then as a mother, I... Like, for example, obviously you've got to protect their children, but some of these women that are going that are supposedly protecting them, their children are the same women that are going online and posting half-naked pictures of themselves and shaking their bums in a camera. Do you and... think so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, uh, I don't know. If you'd see a woman that's being abused by... No, I'm not saying know... woman, specifically the woman that's being abused, but I'm saying that the ideals and the way that women are viewed, mm. the way that women are viewed by men... partly we contribute to the the way that thought process do, do, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. like we yeah. contribute to the way they think about a woman mm. but still even if a woman did have everything out no it doesn't right. it doesn't con- it doesn't make what they're doing right yeah yeah and it doesn't give a, the man the right to put his hand on a, a female but it doesn't help no it doesn't help the media, you know, the mass media, the, the way that they portray things, you know, and how that they they view a woman. Mm. No, that's not right. And those things, maybe, they do have to change. But now with the, the wake we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the young people and how they view themselves. Mm. They look at Instagram, Instagrammers or whatever, and they want to elevate themselves. Is it, is it an elevation? That's what you've got to ask. Mm. To that point that they do become sex object, sex objects. Mm. And that's what needs to, to kind of change. In but a way. then even when we was talking about, you know, the love or slash hate that they have for themselves, mm. if they don't feel that love for themselves, then that, unfortunately, those are the vulnerable um, characteristics that will end up in yeah. an abusive relationship and not realise that they are in an abusive relationship. Mm. Mm. Oh no, he slaps me up every now and again but then he brings me nice stuff yeah because they don't understand how they're supposed to feel about themselves they will end up in a relationship where someone will partially give them what they want but then on the other other hand they it's quite destructive verbally are just awful yeah yeah so it's the balance and a woman recognising that she is in that situation. So what are your thoughts out there, beautiful people? I mean, we are touching on DV. And it's quite um, interesting that Lily would say 
as regards to the male side of mm. domestic abuse. But then men don't speak as much mm. on the topic. And it is more, you know, the women that will come forward and say that they're in certain situations. Three women a week are murdered. We don't really hear that much of the, the, the males. But like you said, a woman would go through a slow process mm. of doing that perhaps to a man. So what are your thoughts as regards to domestic violence and are there ways in which we can tackle it and see it as a thing of the past? And also, why do we see cases of domestic violence rising during this festive period? Call us now on 07895134713. That's 07895134713. This is Shayla Prosper, and I have a new album out, and it's called Under My Skin. It's filled with high-energy jams like this. Mellow mid-tempo grooves like this. from my website shaylaprospermusic.com and enjoy this collection of rich, warm, contemporary soul and R&B cuts that you will enjoy in the playlist in years to come. Under my skin, out Tune in to All Flavors Radio Saturdays 8 to 10 with DJ Nige on the shortiest show one of Eve's Lewis' favorite hangouts. All Flavors Radio is now looking for radio presenters. Email us at info at allflavorsradio.com. Catch DJ Laro on Sundays with the Caribbean Party, 12 to 2, and the Vibe Show, Tuesdays 8 till 10 on All Flavors Radio. 24-7, playing your favorite artists. Hi, this is Everton Blender, and it's all about the old flavors radio. Sit so now, your man Bushman, and guess what? You got it locked to our flavors. Bump, scary, yo. I say, come take a little winding up. Hey, yo, it's your girl, Colin XP, the Booyah Queen, straight out of Dominica. Bigging up all flavors radio. Keep it locked. All flavors radio. Your body into it and move, come on, let's dance and move, come on, let's dance and move. Hey, hey, 
okay, you listen to the sound of New Jersey Connection. Some cool dance. And we'll be getting Eddie and J.D. Rose on just now. Shouting out the chat room. George Flavors, Ken, Joy McKay, Mark Philogene from Bremen, and Sonia from SM. Okay. Sounds of the New Jersey Connection. Hey there, Eddie. How you doing? I'm doing great, great. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm very, very good. And it's great to have you on. That's what's up. And you too, JB Hi. Rose. How are you doing, JB Rose? Hi, Tessa. Hey, JB Rose. <laughs> How you doing, JB Rose? How are you doing, Eddie? How you feeling, girl? I'm feeling good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wonderful. Hey, Natasha? Yes, Eddie. Yes, all good. All good here in London. It's a little bit cold. Good. But it's J- nice. JB Rose, cool. JB Rose said when we come down, we're going to eat some of her cooking. Okay. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, when we come over next year, you all can come to my house, eat some yes. good vegan food. Vegan, nice. it's vegan food, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. And JB, I see mm-hmm. you do videos on vegan food, right? That's yeah. right, I do. I have a YouTube. Um, where I cook Caribbean-style um, vegan food. Nice. As well as my singing, I, I share my singing journey. So I do a little bit of a vlogging diary type thing as well. So people see me working towards my singles and my album and all that. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Nice. And I know you guys are going to be coming over, aren't you, in July, right? Um, next year? Yes. for June, uh, for June, July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, a UK tour, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, so we'll talk about a little bit about that later on. But Eddie, Eddie, let, let's hear a little bit about yourself. You're Eddie Saunders, right? And yes. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm I'm um, a musician. I love to play music. Um, I'm a writing producer, and that, that's it. I mean. <laughs> It's so much about <clears throat> what I can actually answer, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just a regular guy. That's all. I love that. Nothing, You're just a regular guy. I love that. He's a regular, <laughs> very successful, very talented guy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I know that you said Pathia. Not so regular, really. <laughs> well, this is it, and I feel very privileged to have you on tonight. You know, um, in saying that you've done a lot, you've contributed quite a lot to music, right? Because as well as you've said, you're sure. a writer, a producer, and I know that mm-hmm. you wrote on um, on a track for Where Hearts Lie. That was a, a film, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you even write the sort of yeah. scores to films and things like I that. I wrote this, produced a song with uh, a friend of mine, Derek Givens, mm. wonderful, wonderful artist. Also, his family was the Givens kids back in the day. They was actually on TV as well. Mm. So, you know, him and I got together, him and I and my wife got together, and we did a nice 
uh, LP with him. We got about, I think, five or six songs on his um, last album. So it came out really, really good. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love his tracks. Is that, I've never heard of him before I spoke to you, actually. And a great oh, vocalist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, great he is. vocalist. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, has, he has a new record out now. Okay. Got a new record out now. Yeah. So look it up. Check him out. Will do. Most definitely. So you, you've been married for 34 years, right? To your wife, Pathea? But say again? You've been married 34 um, years to your wife, Pathea, right? 30, 33 years. 33 Next years. Year gonna be 34. Yeah, and you, yeah. you were saying that she does love your PR and she's a part of your band as well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, she's actually the writer. Uh, mm. uh, she's my partner. And so what I what I do is, uh, see, you, you get me in trouble now, Natasha. So <laughs> I got to spill the beans because you want me to spill the beans. But she's... Um, she write majority of a lot of the self stuff that we have because mm. I've, I've been, I always use an excuse. I'll tell her I'm tired or something or tell her I have my, my back hurt. I got a headache <laughs> when, when we write the song. So she write the rest of the song. Awesome. <laughs> and your stuff is really. Is... I'll be upstairs watching TV. Hey. <laughs> so you get her to finish I the work. You. <laughs> I sh... <laughs> Oh, that's you awesome. Know. So you, you're you quite a team then. You're definitely a team player. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, are, and are you looking forward, um, JB Rose, to the show that you're going to be having um, in July? Oh, man. Yes. So, 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 um, I, I heard her song in, in America and I was like, yo, this song is super dope. Mm. So oh. I was like telling, I asked Lady Tony, I said, Tony, Cause Tony's actually the uh, promoter and she's, I love that lady cause she's just cool in the game for real, for real. Mm, so wow. I said to her, I said, Tony, uh, what about JB Rose? She said, Oh, I love her record too. So mm. I was like, okay. So Tony, so Tony said, well, I'm give her a call too and see if she can be on the show. So I was like, really? Mm -hmm. So I, I was bugging out. So yeah, JB Rose got a nice record. So I, ah. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> hey, we, I really enjoyed it. We will highlight mm -hmm. that on our show. So I'm show. trying to, I'm, yeah. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to sing with her now. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting my group. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm quitting my group, and I'm coming to your group. So oh, <laughs> there we go. We have no, a group together. That, that's extra work for me. Awesome. I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be lazy. Like right now, believe it or not, Natasha, mm -hmm. you won't believe this, but I'm gonna sing you. You will not believe this, but actually, I have a record that I'm at, I did majority of the work already, and so I got somebody coming in today to do some sax work on my record. Nice. And I'm not even in the studio. I'm I'm not even in the studio. I'm doing the interview with you when, where I'm supposed to actually be in the studio recording <laughs> song. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us, and you too, uh, JB. Appreciate oh. it. Oh, that's a pleasure. JB, what does JB stand for, please? People always ask, <laughs> and I just make stuff up for myself just because. <laughs> okay, that's all right. That's good. That's yeah, I good. like that. Just that's because. What we're call just, because. just because. Just because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's call her that. Just because. What's up, yeah, just because? Well. <laughs> so, guys, what, what, um, why did music choose you then, Eddie? Why did music choose you? 
you know, believe it or not, it chose me because my mother actually was a pianist at the church. Mm. And um, she was just like showing me different instruments. And I started playing bongos and congas when I was in elementary school. Mm. So I got a liking of playing drums. So I used to bang on people's cars all the time. And then um, I used to get in trouble. But, you know, to, to be honest with you, me learning how to do production, I, I always share this with people, but I always be forgetting. But my one of my, my oldest brother, Louis Saunders, he actually showed me how to understand what producing was. Because I, okay. I didn't know what producing was. I used to play music and record the music. But uh, music have a space. You got to have space for this. You got to mm. have space for that. You yeah. have to have the music talk to one another, you know? Mm. And I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. I was more or less aware of just playing all of the music together. And, mm. and my brother showed me how to separate the music, to let the music actually, you know, speak to one another and be in harmony, mm. if you know what I mean. But the great thing about it was he didn't, he didn't really make me feel bad when I was messing up. He actually was just showing me how I need to learn how to do production, mm. but he did it in a way that it was just really cool because he set me down and he played so many records to let me understand what music was all about. Mm, so okay. that's where I really learned how to understand what production and music was all about mm. through my brother, Louis Saunders. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's a bit like wow. making a cake, isn't it, um, production? Because I do yes, music. Yes, different layers. Yeah, you got to have all the right, right ingredients, you know, that laying down that drum, mm -hmm. the drum to, to go in with that bass to blend and, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we're going to have a listen to your Love Don't Come Easy right now because that is okay. a beautiful piece of music. Just I love the way that the vocals come in on that and just the, the way that it all builds. And, yeah, should we have a listen to that? Love okay. Don't Come Easy. All right. This is Love Don't Come Easy, New Jersey. Woo! Connection. Thank you. Okay. Thing, you can't be both. That's me. 
No. Oh, so hot, so hot. Loving it, loving it. No, that's not me. That's not you. Oh, that's you, Eddie. Sure, you sure? That's my cousin. Okay. That's my cousin. So that song came out in nineteen in nineteen eighty-two, right, Eddie? Yeah. Was it eighty-two? Yeah, yeah, and um. How did you tour with that that track all over Europe? Was it? Well, we were supposed to do a lot of tour mm. touring at that time because the record was actually like number one mm. in, in uh, overseas. But we, you know, we wasn't prepared to to tour only because it was a it was a friends that I kind of like got together to help me do the record. Because I did a song, another record, for a couple of friends, and um, they introduced me to a guy later on by the name of Alto Lee. Mm. But these guys had an opportunity to to actually put the record out themselves because they was actually a group, and they kind of got scared. They got like chicken feet. Like they's like, well, no, since these people are asking us to be a a, a group. We don't want to do it now. And I'm like, well, wait, what do you mean you don't want to do it now? Like, all of that work we did, they spent a lot of money in the recording studio. Mm. So I said, well, introduce me to the guy. So I, I did the record, and I got a lot of these guys together. Uh, they actually knew each other, but they didn't really know each other. Mm-hmm. So that's how that worked out. And mm. um, along along with them playing, I got them to sing, and, you know, it came out really nice. Uh, and then I had a guy... He was singing the lead, but he got so drunk, he couldn't do it. And so the guy kind of got mad and saying, well, you know what? Um, You got to get somebody else. Why don't you sing it? Mm. I didn't really want to sing. And so then I called my cousin up. His name is Kenny Bristol. And I was like, cuz, can you come and sing this song for me? And of course, he was like, all right, with no problem. And so uh, he came and he knocked it out. Awesome. So is it your cousin's Lovely. vocal on that? Your cousin's vocal on that track or is it yours? Yes. It is? No, my cousin. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you've done all the arrangement along with Pathea, right? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the arrangement. I produced the song, the whole, the whole thing. I wrote it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a great track. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you. You Thank know. You. So what is your inspiration? What is your inspiration for wanting to do what you do? 
I, I you know, I think if you, you know, like the inspiration is just, you know, just wanting to do something that you can share with everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I always wanted to have the record out and everybody just enjoying what I'm done and, and what I'm doing because I enjoy music so much because of, you know, being with my older brother, uh, Lewis, and he always kind of like let me see what enjoying music was all about. So between going to church and playing in church, I, I enjoyed playing in church because I was a drum in church, you know, but I played keyboards too, mm. you know, but um, I was just a drummer and just enjoy, just music in general, just get, give you a whole different feeling. You know, I, yeah. I can't even really explain it. You know, it, it's like a high, you know, it's like drinking. It's like, you know, you just like get really you know, you know, it's like it takes you from who you are for a moment. You're just like yeah. out of space somewhere. Yeah. You're in a space shuttle. It's kind you of in know? your it's in your blood, Blind. isn't it? It's in your blood. Like yes, you just it can't is. Mm-hmm. it's a part of yeah, you. My, right? It's a part mm-hmm. of you that Yeah, you my just... sisters. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like both of my sisters, uh, Michelle Saunders, Kitty Saunders, which is my Kitty is my older sister. Now she can sing. Mm-hmm. And I used to always try to get her to sing with me, but she she hated the recordings. Oh. She could sing. Now, if you heard my sister Kitty sing, you'd be like, well, what's wrong with you? Because I always ask her, like, what's wrong with you? Why are you not? You don't want to sing. Yeah. But she don't like the recording studio. Yeah. Sometimes if, you, it if, you, if I had to do something live, then she'll kill it. Mm, sometimes it doesn't call you, though. Sometimes you just do it for fun, but sometimes it's your passion. Yeah, and when it's your passion, yeah. you know, it nothing's going to stop you from doing exactly what you do best. You know, mm-hmm. so what are your future yeah. plans? What's your future your future plans for New Jersey Connection? And also, can I pose that one to JB? JB, yes, yeah. What what what's your inspiration when it comes to the music? Because I know we're going to have you on separately. We're going to have you on um, doing a show. I'm sure I would love to have you on. But what is your oh. inspiration? Um, my inspiration mm. um growing growing up you know i loved all the usual soul greats you know mm. um but also i used to love listening to people like anita baker and actually when um eddie introduced himself to me mm. he said that he wrote a track for regina bell and i used to love regina bell yeah baby be mine is that right eddie yes uh-huh and um, so it was real. I thought, well, wow, isn't that coincidence? I used to play that tune all the time. Nice. Mm. Well, um, as I said, Miss um, um as well as the greats before mm. that, you know, like you, Aretha nice. Franklin, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then my inspiration, because I love songwriting and storytelling. Yeah. So um, I always used, I always draw sort of. My inspiration from what's from life, really, mm. but um, I like to sort of like put a positive spin on it. So my my single that I had out this year, "Back to Love," yeah, um, is just a way of kind of talking about, you know, lots of stuffs happening in the world to us, but you know, if you bring it back to love, yeah, it covers you know, everything. Things always kind of work itself out. So um, I think that's that's me, really. I, I like to sort of find a way of being you know finding a way injection positivity into my music so when people come to a show that i'm in people are feeling good yeah and that's one of your um, part of your future like we said you've got uk tour lined up for next year right right 
and Absolutely. you're doing what London, Birmingham, Manchester, Guildford, Guildford and Wolverhampton. I think the tickets for Guildford and Guildford and Wolverhampton are on sale now, and um, people can get that on right. Ticketmaster. Um, how do you feel about right. that? A nice UK tour. Lovely. I mean, I, in the past, I used to feature on a few different artists. Um, uh, as a featured artist, so mm. it's the first time I'm going up as me, JB Rose. Okay. Um, and Eddie called me, and I jumped on. I said, "Yeah, let's let me do a tour. This time it's just me, you know." And then with Eddie and with the cool notes. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. That's right. And I think Junior Giscombe's on that one as well, isn't he? And there's another. There's about yes. five of you. And Bashira. I think there's five of you. Who's that? And Bashira. Bashira. That's and Bashira, right. And Yes. All right, so guys, look at that. They're going to be coming to London at some point. I think it's the beginning, isn't it? Is it the 9th, I think, you're in London? Or is it you in Guildford and Wolverhampton? We'll work that out, and I'll let everyone know out there um, the exact dates as to when you'll be playing. Yes. All right, and I'm going to play that Regina Bell track. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, that Regina Bell track, because I know that your heart is quite tied up in that, Eddie, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a long story. But yes. Yeah, I remember you told me the story behind it. So I thought we're going to play it. And then, um, yeah, we'll, nice. we'll be back with you in about five minutes. All right. Well, when we've finished okay. this one. So see you in a moment.
Wow, the beautiful sounds of Regina Bell there. So can you tell us a little bit, um, your inspiration behind that song there, Eddie? Um, well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, it, it's just music, but it was a, a, a good friend of mine who actually passed away, but he, he was like my little brother. His name is Kevin Marshall. He was like really, really a real talented uh, individual. So him and I, we were starting to write some songs together. And um, he um, he said, hey, man, you know, let's write this song. And so we was writing this song, and we wrote that song. And uh, it, it just kind of like came out. Now, I have the original copy mm-hmm. here at the house. So it was a little more funkier the way we did it. You know, that's pretty nice, but you got to hear the way we did it. Okay. So, so we might get, yeah, get yeah. a chance of hearing yeah. like a remake or something or a nice remix of that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. So what are you working and, um, on? Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. What are you working on anything at the moment? Yeah. Um, well, again, um, I have a song. Actually, I'm supposed to be in the recording studio. Mm. So you, if you still go to my uh, page later, you're going to hear the new song that the New Jersey Connection coming out with. So uh, it's another dance song. So it's, it's really, really nice. And, and um, we actually, I'm laying, I'm getting a friend of mine who's really, really nice, James White, who's actually putting on some horn parts. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really, really great. And I'm working with a, a friend of mine named, uh, along, with, along with my wife, I'm working with Derek Color. We call him Durkey. He don't run out. He he wrote uh, "Don't Take It Personal" for Jermaine Jackson. Mm. Oh. He wrote he wrote a song for uh, Aretha Franklin. He wrote the song Regina Bell and uh, Surface. You are my everything. So oh yeah, guy, yeah. So that's my partner. He's really really talented, and he wrote some other stuff. Um, um, what's that song? Uh, Surface. He did. He did. Uh, um, I forgot the name of the song. Dirty Don't Kill Me. I hope you don't listen to this interview. But anyway, <laughs> it's another song he did. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, he's he's just, this guy is just phenomenal. So awesome. um, we've been we've been working together for like 35, 40 years. Mm. You know? Mm. That's a long, mm-hmm. that's a long and so time. So we've been, and, and we've been working out of DML Studios in East Orange. Uh, Danny, Danny Laporte. He's uh he's the engineer. He's also a good good friend of ours. He's very talented too. Mm. And his brother's Moses, Mo Moise. Mo- <laughs> so yeah, so we just doing you know, we I grew up just doing some music and you know, uh DML was the studio we kinda grew grew from on our production side because as he he, he was the guy that bought all of the equipment to, to kinda record and you know, we go to his studio and record. So yeah, it was. It's just, uh, so is DML it's, it's, it's in New Jersey? Quite experienced. Is DML in yes. New Jersey? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, and yeah, everything East comes. Mm-hmm. And everything comes out from New Jersey, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So also, um, we also did. Um, he's actually interrupting my call now. He's actually calling me because he's calling me from the studio asking me a question. Okay. I can't answer the question yet. So <laughs> oh, uh, well, anyway, uh, uh, my, my inspiration though, my real inspiration 
for music or, or can I say my idol is Earth, Wind and Fire. Mm. Oh Maurice, yeah. Maurice, Maurice White. Maurice White. Maurice White. And have you ever done mm -hmm. any work with him or um No, never have. Always wow. wanted to. I mean, I don't I don't even know if I was able to, if if I ever worked with him, I he would probably tell me not to do any more music because I would just be sitting there like nervous. <laughs> I probably just kinda you know, because that guy's a genius, so you you can't you can't I couldn't even imagine even, you know, because I'm not I'm not at his quality. So I would I would definitely feel like, you know, I wouldn't say I, that. I, would Eddie. Feel, I wouldn't so say that. Well, I'm just telling you. you yeah, know, he, we... he's just in, he's so incredible. So mm. I, I really I would really be nervous. Like I wouldn't even I would probably um, stutter mm. just saying hi. I would be like, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, he, this guy is amazing. Oh, wow. awesome. Amazing. Well, you never know. One day, one day, good things can happen. We can all inspire each other. And you guys have definitely been an inspiration well, tonight. Inspiration? Yes. Well, uh, you know, he's no longer living, so. <laughs> oh, okay, no. okay. Okay. But are the band still going, oh Earth, Wind & Fire? I'm sure I heard something recently from them. Earth, wind, and fire. Yeah, well, they're still going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. May he rest in peace. You know, so yes. uh -huh. you you will be coming over in July. Is, is it July? The show is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. June and, and July. June mm -hmm. and July UK tour. Um, JB Rose yeah. and Eddie yeah. Saunders. Um, new lovely New Jersey connection. And JB, what are your plans for the future? Yes. As well as. Um, as My well as, plans. Yeah. Well, um, the single is in the can. The new single is called Gold, mm. and it's coming out. It would have, we would have come put it out now, but we think it's too close to Christmas. Okay. So now we're going to have the single out um, the first week in February. So right now I'm organising video shoots and mm. photo shoot and that sort of stuff ready for our new year release. Awesome. And it's quite funny because I saw you. We we actually have a uh, an advert with Shayla Prosper she, with her new album on the, the oh. All Flavours. And I saw you saying, yes. I've got my Shayla Prosper album. Oh. Video. <laughs> so that was really, really nice. It was like, there's a connection right there, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you've got to support, we've got to support each other out there, independent artists. Mm, so. Absolutely. And what I'd love for you to do, yeah. if it's a possibility, the both of you, if you could do a nice jingle for allflavoursradio.com, would that be all right? Absolutely, no problem. Wonderful. So I'll, I will definitely be catching up with you both. So any last words, any last words from you, JB? Yeah, so guys, so I'd like to thank people who've been playing my single, Back to Love. And um, look out for my new single coming out in the new year called Gold. And throughout the whole of next year, there'll be lots and lots of material. We've got lots in the bag, as well as the album itself. So lots of music coming out from JB Rose next year. Wonderful. And we will, I will be featuring that one on the show as well, JB, okay? Brilliant. Brilliant. What, what about you, Eddie? Any last words? Well, yeah, I'm actually working on my uh, new record now. Hopefully, it'll be ready by next week. Mm. So I got I got that coming out. Then I have another record that I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to get out. Um, 
so I got a couple of records, so I'm I'm trying to put them all out now. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because you know, I I can never you can never know what next year is going to promise. So mm. you, you know, you, while you still got breath, you gotta you gotta put it out. So I'm, I'm not waiting. Yeah, so I'm not waiting for mine. So I got three of them actually. I'm working on. So mm. j- two just about well, actually three of them just about ready. So I figured um, the one that I'm working on today, hopefully it's going to come out to the point where I'll probably put that out next week, mm-hmm. if the Lord's willing. And then the following week, uh, following a couple of weeks after that, I'm going to put out uh, either a ballad or a house record that I have, you know. Wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah. Thank you so much, so much for your time. I will call you straight after the show's finished tonight. All right, guys. And Thank I'm going you. to lovely. I'm going to play your um, mm-hmm. "Respect Me" track. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the because you're doing a remake of this one, right? Is it the "Respect Me" that you're doing a right, remix exactly. of this one, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play this right. one. And guys, look out for um, Eddie Saunders' "New Jersey Connection" and JB Rose. Like they said, they are very present. Where can we actually find you online as well? Um, Eddie, I'm on all the socials, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Just JB Rose and you'll find me. Wonderful. And Eddie? Same thing. Same thing. Hit me up on JB Rose site now. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie Saunders, New Jersey Connection, you know, same thing. Awesome, awesome. All the same. Yeah. Nice mm-hmm. big round of applause. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie's on the baby right. rose in the yeah. house. All right, guys, I'm going to play this Woo. one now, and we'll see you in five. Show me. 
Mr. Shayla Prosper. I have a new album out. Under my skin. Filled with high energy jams like this. Mellow mid tempo grooves like this. from my website shaylaprospermusic.com and enjoy this collection of rich, warm, contemporary soul and R&B cuts that you will enjoy in the playlist years to come. Under my skin, out now. Tune in to All Flavors Radio, Saturdays 8 to 10 with DJ Nigy on the shortiest show. One of Eve's Lewis' favorite hangouts. All Flavors Radio is now looking for radio presenters. Email us at info at allflavorsradio.com. Catch DJ Laro on Sundays with the Caribbean Party, 12 to 2, and the Vibe Show, Tuesdays 8 till 10 on All Flavors Radio. 24-7, playing your favorite artists. Hi, this is Everton Blender, and it's all about the old flavors radio. Sit so tonight, I'm on Bushman, and guess what? You got it locked to our flavors. I succumb to a little winding up. Hey, yo, it's your girl, Colin XP, the Booyah Queen, straight out of Dominica. Bigging up all flavors radio. Keep it locked. All flavors radio. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, JB Rose and Eddie Saunders' New Jersey Connection. And yes, uh, UK tour next July, God willing, everything's awesome. Great interview. Lovely. Thank you so much. So tonight we've been speaking about DV or domestic violence, domestic abuse, and also the fellow with the divorce Mm -hmm. couple going through divorce. Uh, He's worked hard all of his life for the family. The wife's not happy because obviously he's been out of the house 24 seven after 33 years. They're calling it a day. And who's right or who's wrong in that situation I think we were asking isn't it Lily yeah. you know and um yeah so when it comes back to the DV now we was talking about misogyny weren't we yeah. and it was the hatred of the woman and how Matt was um, speaking on males also suffering with domestic abuse mm-hmm. but how to really go about looking at it not in a positive way but how to help people out in that situation right yeah yeah okay so Lily your thoughts then when it comes to because we spoke about three women a week every week murdered yeah um due to violence violent relationships and this often takes place after the female returning to the home Mm -hmm. um how is there help out there for for women or men as it were you said it's a lot harder for men to find refuge Whereas women can find refuge. Well, um, Jay Ken made a very nice comment in the <clears throat> in the chat, and he said that men can sometimes be ashamed. We are meant to be seen as masculine, and also there's a cultural background. Mm. So when it comes to women, yes, there are many places um, where women can go and be supported. 
And even when you do training at work and things like that, it's usually, oh, make sure the husband's in another room so you can speak to her. And if she hasn't got a translator and it's all kind of focused on the support for the female. Yeah. Um, but Kenny makes a point there that because as a man, you're brought up to be masculine, you're brought up to be, well, no one should be able to push you around because you're the man. Mm. And again, we go back to that cultural thing in our culture. It's not really... I I think I posted about this last year. Um, I saw a demonstration outside um, the London Eye and it was women's rights and things like this. And I remember saying that if it's a man that turns around and says, oh, my wife beats on me, most probably he'll get laughed at. Mm. And especially in our culture, that's just... That just doesn't happen, does it? A man's never going to turn around. I say never. He's very unlikely to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, she's beating me. Because yeah. his boys might just, you know, look and, and that's laugh. that's the trouble. That's why when we were speaking earlier, mm. that it's very hard to, to be on the side of the male, although they do suffer with these um, in these situations mm. because they don't speak about it. Then how can you tackle an issue... That's not spoken about, whereas the women more speak about it, but so I th- it can be. I think it's more of a new, a newer thing that women are being, um, now speaking about. Because I think 40, 50 years ago, this situation was still happening. Mm. And I don't think women spoke about it then. They just put up with the abuse from their husband or their partner. Whereas time has come along and women have been encouraged to speak out mm. and to encourage the women to speak out, things have been put in place to make it easier for them to speak out. So on the flip side of that then, we're living in in a time now where everyone is being given a voice maybe now it's time to give the males a voice Mm. where they don't have to feel ashamed um, to come and speak up about it but in the sense of giving them that same freedom that women have it's confidential we will not share your information if you decide to make that step Mm. to come out um then that's your choice because um we all have choice don't we to in order to be able to do that yeah and sometimes your hand is forced i mean i I can't speak on a male in a domestic violence um situation because i'm not a male i don't know what that thought process would be Mm. Mm. But that being said as well, as a female, I can't really think on that because I'd like to think that if I was in that situation, <laughs> I just yeah. can't think of al- allowing myself to be put through that. But it's not the fact of allowing yourself to be put through it. Sometimes you just find yourself in a situation that one of the experiences that I heard of, she'd her parents had kicked her out of the house. Mm. She met with this guy. And then she ended up going back to live with him in his parents' house. Mm-hmm. The abuse started straight away. Yeah. She had nowhere else to go. And over time, she ended up having two children with him. Oh, yeah. So that gets you even More deeper trapped, yeah. into it. And then you just can't get out of it. Mm. So sometimes it's just circumstances or not recognising that you're recognizing that you are being abused like you said oh it's just an accidental slap or it's an accidental this and you think oh or they come with bearing gifts and saying i won't do it again and that the abuse increasingly gets worse mm. so and yeah, they, it doesn't it. just automatically start off with him beating you up does it no no maybe well, in some instances maybe, it does. yeah maybe some 
it does. But overall, it's a very, it can be quite a slow process until you're really full on it, full in on it, Mm. and then you don't know left hand, right hand, you don't know where to turn. He's isolated you. That's another form, is isolation. Mm. And you have nobody but that, your abuser, Mm. you know, and that's what you're kind of left with. It's really funny because, not funny, weird. I was watching something the other day and... This man had abducted this um, young girl from a shopping mall. Mm. And he had killed a few women before he had gotten to this young girl. She was only about 16. And he was basically going and on this pretense that he was a photographer for mm. a modelling agency. Uh, what transpired was he had beaten her down so much that she then became an accomplice to him abducting another woman. Yeah. Um, but then he weirdly felt that because of the fact that he had beaten her down to this point, he had built this really weird love for her and Mm. he knew he was eventually going to get caught caught by the police and he let her go. Mm. But she had gotten to the point of being so... It was only a couple of days worth of, of abuse, but within that those few days it was so intense mm. that he had managed to instill fear in her to the point where he had let her go off on her own given her the car keys to the car and she didn't do anything she that's just a test the car. he was testing her to see what she would do and that's called coercion it's it's a uh, there there is a law against that now as well mm. you know because that's another thing that's another form of abuse is that maybe they they will get you to go out and do bad things with them yeah. so they got something over you well you done that i'm yeah. gonna go to the that is another form of mental mm. abuse but then it's um under the serious crime act 2015 controlling or coercive behavior in an intimate or family relationship is recognized as an offense mm. so if you are coerced to do certain things by your partner that is actually seen as an offense and you can actually go to prison for it mm. you can go to prison for um abusing or domestically um violently yeah um being violent with your partner you can actually go to jail for that but we're going to touch on this a little bit more next week because 10 minutes to seven wow sorry 10 minutes to eight on the 15th of decarlo because you looked at the name (laughs) i have a board in the office here guys and it's got all my schedule on it and i just saw 15th of decarlo no hi decarlo how you doing out there (laughs) 15th of December and the days are really really speeding along so Lily we are looking into Think and Grow Rich so in everything that we've spoken about tonight have you found anything that can encourage upbuild and uplift us it was a challenge it Mm. really was a challenge um I've fallen on is this even a number let me just I think it's number 12 Mm. um No, but it's chapter 15, okay. so we're going to read it anyway. And it's, it's uh, the chapter on how to outwit, outwit the six ghosts of fear. Mm. I think a lot of people stay in certain relationships, um, talking about the, the gentleman that was going to get divorced. Maybe he stayed in that relationship or she stayed in that relationship out of the fear of one of these fears here. Um, so I thought maybe this might be an appropriate... Um, choice Mm. it says there are six basic fears with some combination 
of which every human suffers at one time or another, most people are fortunate if they do not suffer from the entire six. Named in order of the most common in appearance they are, the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, the fear of the fear of loss of love of someone, the fear of old age, the fear of death. Um, I think a lot of the time when people are in these kind of traumatic relationships, mm. there may be some financial component to it, or there may be some, if I don't go, if I leave him, or if I leave her, no one will love her, no one will love me. Mm. That fear of the loss of love. And then I think the chapter is about outwitting the six fears. Um, the six ghosts of fear mm. being able to become powerful enough to make that decision to step out of that traumatic environment yeah we did say that obviously you're at more risk when you leave those relationships um but being the society that we have now, like we've said, there are many, and we're going to speak about some of those, many support systems that are in place. Yeah. Done with some um, preparation, and it might just be mental preparation, but doing it with some preparation, there are ways and means of, of outwitting of guessing, those Yes, fears and, and joy... Out. Joy makes the point here, which is it's about developing an honest mentality of freedom and choice, knowing it is self-awareness, not gender, driven, driven by value of self-worth. Mm. I think in a lot of those instances, a lot of women are so beaten down yeah. that they have find it very hard to find self-worth. Yeah. Um, in a lot of these instances, the men have, or the women in maybe, have really tapped so much into their psyche that they feel valueless yeah so it's a matter of feeling that value and it's quite fun um not funny but interesting that the same women woman's example she did become empowered she got away she got her own place mm. and then the man went in he attacked her in her home okay and she said you you need to get out my house right she found that strength within her you mm. need to get out my house and don't you ever come back here again. Mm. And then she went and pressed charges. Mm -hmm. So she did try, like you said, it can take one, two, three, four, five times tries, yeah. to try and get out of the situation. But she'd done something about it. Yeah. Recognised. And then she'd done something. Even she tried the first time, it didn't work. Up until the seventh or eighth time, ninth time, how many times it takes. Mm. She got out of that situation and then he was convicted yeah. for the, the abuse of that situation. So beautiful people. Wow. Time really, really does fly. And we have thoroughly enjoyed your company. Guys, you've done a fantastic job, all the DJs at the start end. It's uh, DJ Charlie Muir on tomorrow, Wednesday evening, along with Darnell, uh, speaking on therapy. And also George Flavors now has moved from a Wednesday to a Saturday evening. Check out the schedule and see all the DJs, that um, what they'll be doing throughout the week. Great, great shows from DJ Mark Philogene, um, DJ Slim and the original Mr Fix-It yesterday. Check out the schedule and there's amazing DJs on the, the station. And yeah, there'll be something there for everybody. So Lily, that's it, 15th. We're coming very, very close to the end 
of the year and how are you feeling? Ready for next year. Ready for next year. You guys out there ready for next year? Because we most ready. always ready. That's great. I like that. Always, always ready. And yes, we're going to say goodbye to you um, on this one. This is a one from the Live and Unsigned. She's a very good friend of mine, Camilla Marcel. And um, we've not featured our, our Live and Unsigned for uh, for a week or so. So this is a really nice one to go out with. So all I think we have left to say is we'll see y'all on the, on the other, other side. side. Now take care. Why'd you make it some big deal when you left?